0: Yeah, guys, welcome to our bonus podcast. And uh, as you can see, Donadas is not here with us today. But you must congratulate Redis with winning this best sports commentator. Uh, not only basketball, but sports, because he commentates also a lot of football. And you could you could sense uh, probably. That uh, you are going to win when they told you just <laughs> to, just be there. That w- that was my remark it, from it's your like, monologue. It's
1: like you know an MVP vote, yeah. and, and if somebody sends you an email <laughs> saying you must be at the ceremony, <laughs> you probably ha- have have a sniff at yeah. <laughs> w- winning that award. So <laughs> yeah, I I definitely thought I was I was there for the reason. But you know, hmm. I I always um, try to be humble, and I'm thinking like uh, today in Lithuanian media, we have uh, so many people to choose from, commentators, uh, mm. podcasters, journalists, uh, they're delivering various content, and you can watch sports on so many different platforms. And like back in the days, you had two commentators in the whole country and, and <laughs> you had two broadcasts per, per week. And definitely uh, Lithuanian people, I can feel that they, they're into sports, you know, mm. not only basketball, I mean, mm talking to people i realize that they they like football as well it's just that we don't have a a, a strong uh, let's say football c- culture in in mm. our country but people follow the premier league and all that and the euro league is i i would say during the regular season uh in the past few years i felt that people um are getting more and more into euro league not only to žalgiris Zal- uh, games but euro league in general as well because like when we had that old format of EuroLeague with group stages and top 16, people didn't really care too much about other games uh, except Żalgiris. Mm. Now with this format, it's so exciting that people talk not only about Żalgiris, they talk about Zvezda, they talk about Monaco, they talk about Baskonia and, and, and all the others.
0: So that that's really nice. That's mm. really nice for me. Talking about those other teams you mentioned, we are going to talk about most of them probably in this podcast because... We are going to talk about trade ideas for the Euroleague because the transfer window is right around the corner. Uh, teams can finally swap players who already played in the Euroleague, so they are available to play for them uh, after January. And but before we do that, we have to announce that BasketNews.com is on Threads now as well. Threads is like how would you describe Threads? It's like it's like Twitter on Instagram. So, something like that and since yeah. since since they are finally here in Europe basket news as well are you know starting on this platform too because we don't want to be the last guys to arrive on the train we want yeah. to you know be the first ones with innovation so follow basket basket news on threads too if you if you have that uh, there will be a lot of content there as well you know we are almost on all platforms so don't miss out and Probably the first topic that we have to talk about is the trade scenario that was rumored around on Twitter a lot during this weekend. and uh, Most of European media actually reported it, that Nick Kaladis might go to Milan Olympia. Uh, Keenan Evans from Zalgiris would go to Fenerbahce and Kevin Pangos would join Zalgiris. And a lot of European media reported it. Basket News chose to not report it for obvious reasons because uh, it didn't look at, at least for me. I don't I don't have any insider information. You know we have a guy who is not here with us today who yeah. who knows more. But to me, it didn't make a lot, any sense. Like the the trade, especially for Zalgris, uh, seemed like it was pushed by you know Turkish or Greek media that that wanted uh, m- more, I would say, the, the Turkish media, mm. because they they simply want uh, Keenan Evans on their team and they see the downfall of Zalgiris, all the stuff that is happening with the, with the head coaches, whether Truncari is coming or not, Kaziz Maksvid is staying, uh, Zalgiris, a lot of injuries, maybe they're going to you know, say, okay, we're done with this season, maybe we're going to sell out everyone, but do you think it is even actually... Does it make sense this trade offer without additional any additional money, just a straight player for player yeah. for for player swap?
1: It doesn't it doesn't really. and in in general, in Europe, I don't think trades happen very often. Uh, mm. Usually, it's like you release the player by some mutual agreement, he becomes a free agent and then he joins that team. Uh, but uh, this this trade doesn't make sense for a, a couple of reasons. Well, first of all, the obvious winner of the trade is Fenerbahce. They're they're getting Keenan Evans, who just recently dropped thirty three points mm. in a yearly game uh, versus uh, Partizan. Um, I don't know if Nick Calathis is the right driver for Messina's car again. I mean, <laughs> a non shooting point guard. Okay, we know his abilities. Uh, he's a great passer. He he's a great defender and all that, but. It seems the way they, they play offense uh, f- for Messina, the point guard has to be able to shoot from the pick and roll and, and and even in ISO. So that doesn't make sense to me. Pangos to Jalgiris makes a little bit of sense, but it makes sense only if that's Pangos as an additional player next to Keenan Evans, mm-hmm. not not a swap. So I didn't believe that rumor at all. Um, and especially knowing that Jalgiris had to deal with some stuff recently. I, I, I'm i not sure they're in a position right now to move players from their roster, especially when we're talking about the, the key player. And it was nice to hear Coach Kazis denying all the rumors about his buyout. Because not only this trade mm-hmm. was rumored on Twitter, but also some people started spreading information about his uh, 300k buyout, mm-hmm. which is a ridiculously uh, low buyout for such, such a player, such a star player in, in Europe right if now. If
0: Olympiakos paid 500k for Dignas Brezdejkis... 300k for I, Evans, I mean, come I on. I know it's in the middle of the season, but still. And to me, you know, why I didn't like, first of all, those reports and why, uh, you know, I don't believe in any of Twitter, Twitter rumors anymore in European media. I think, and I wrote on Twitter, like, it's absolute, on all-time low, you know, those Twitter rumors, European especially, yeah. and... Uh, uh, I saw Danilo and Usage as well tweeting that, Matias Lasor commenting on that as well. Like, you know, they're saying that you can't believe anything that's written these days. Uh, people just spreading misinformation left and right. Uh, they want to be first. And I think that's a really big problem. You know, you're trying to get, I don't know, 200, 300 likes, a little bit of clout for just trying to be the first. Not really caring, uh, you know, if you are right uh, most of the time because some of these guys, uh, you know, that are that are writing, I'm, I'm, I'm i started to keep uh, screenshots uh, f- from some of those tweets I... on in in the summer, you know, because we we are keeping tabs on players how they're doing, but uh, we are not keeping track on on those rumors uh, that are that have been spread uh, across Europe and yeah. you know that I mean. It's just, uh, it's just, how would is? People in Konas would boycott near Jalgir Arena if you're, <laughs> if you're, if you're going, giving have, back Keenan uh, Evans They right have now. sold
1: outs until March, I think. I think yeah. if, if they just sold Keenan Evans right now, people would,
0: would start asking for refunds. People would not show up. And yeah. if, you, no. if you sell like Keenan Evans for 300k, you would lose mm. more money from ticket sales in those in those last five or six games uh, that you that you have in Konas, look. So
1: if I'm if I'm in Jalgiris' position, and if there are any negotiations uh, happening about Keenan Evans uh, leaving the team during the season, and there is no buyout clause in his contract, I'm thinking, okay, if somebody comes up with an offer for more than a million euros, maybe I'll consider it mm-hmm. because you know Ralgiris is a low-budget team. In, in, in Euroleague context, a lower budget, let's say not low but lower budget team. And so if you can make a profit of a million Euros or more, then you might consider because you know Keenan Evans, if he continues playing the way he's playing right now, uh he will be he will be too expensive for Jardis to to keep. I mean after the season he will probably leave as a free agent. Mm-hmm. So if I can cash in right now but i'm talking
0: serious cash how much so so 500k is not enough no one million
1: million and above okay a a million euros or above if i'm if i'm selling him so then of course the fans could also accept it like that's in in Mm -hmm. in european basketball it's it's big money Mm -hmm. Uh, and then you're thinking about pangos or somebody else but if it's just a swap or, or a ridiculous 300k buyout, then it it, it, it doesn't make any sense. So I, f- I think right now Keenan is focused on, on playing for Jalgiris and, and the coach just denied all the rumors. And I, I hope he stays for, for the rest of the season. Whatever Jalgiris achieves this season, it's hard to predict, but they definitely need Keenan Evans desperately because Absolutely. he's just... In some games, he's just like dragging this team on his shoulders, you know. Mm. Uh, and and of course, uh, other teams are interested. Who wouldn't want to have a, a, a top scorer right now in their team? And especially if we're talking about, let's say, a team that um, now
0: has a new coach and maybe mm-hmm. that coach wants to change something in the roster. Absolutely. You probably should run a which has won some additions as well. And, you know, for, for people out there, Zalgiris are an easy target, you know, they're losing, they have some problems with the head coach, you know, so who knows, but what if I told you that Zalgiris are getting another player from Milano and whether that's Devin Hall, Alex Poitras, Johannes Voigtman, I'm not sure how much Milano would be willing to give up his, him, but Devin Hall or, or uh, Alex Poitras, if you add mm. the, a second guy next to Kevin Pangos, would you make this trade and, um, and which one, which guy would you choose?
1: I'm not taking Poitras because he's he's too similar to Kevarius Hayes. Uh, I think he has like similar qualities. maybe um, he's more consistent and more valued in Europe than, than Hayes, but they're similar type of centers. So mm. um, I'm not taking him, but if it's Devon Hall and Kevin Pangos, well, we could have a, a talk. I mean... Without money. I, I, I would want some money, obviously, but, you know, <laughs> if 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 we're at the table negotiating and I'm representing Jalgiris, um, uh, I'm also asking for, for money, but uh, because uh, my, my arguments would be to, 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 let's say, Milano, that, guys, you don't need pangos. You want to um, get rid of his contract. So it's not like you're offering to me a player that, you value, you don't value him. You you just like literally uh, put him away from the team. He's not playing. So that's one. Uh, second thing is that Devon Hall, I believe in him. I believe that he's a great scorer, but he hasn't been that great for Milan for the last uh, a year and a half, I would say. Mm. So again, a player with a little bit decreased value. So if you give me these two guys and... 200k 300k I I take it because uh you're you're getting players with with uh, legit EuroLeague experience Pangos will need some time to get in 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 rhythm but Devon Hall is playing so he's in good shape so he could get help the mm. team straight away um so yeah in this case
0: like I, if if I take it if Milano would give Johannes Voigtman, I I don't believe that at all because mm. he's Part of their best lineups, and and you know he's a shooting big who can move very well. So yeah, I I, I don't think he's he he would be in any kind of hypothetical even scenario. So uh, I would also choose Devon Hall, but uh, I don't think if Pango's and Hall are in Jalgiris, I don't think they are actually converting immediately to wins more than with Keenan Evans because Keenan knows the s- system. Keenan has been playing who knows in what shape is kevin pangos because he hasn't played because he had a lot of injuries recently as you mentioned so uh it, it Zalgris is in a tough position and i don't think any trade with them is happening they need just to add another player for sure and not trade their best guy at the moment when they're in this difficult situation so um uh, just they, they are bringing in uh,
1: new players new guys. like uh, edmond sumner mhm Austin Hollins, but Austin Hollins has a free week contract, and for him probably this double game week is is crucial, like to prove that he, he looked good he already in the, f- in the first I, week. I agree. I did not
0: expect uh, as much from him as he should. I agree.
1: I, I didn't see the game in Lithuanian League, but I heard people mm. saying that he was pretty good. Yeah, he was good. He was um good. so in my opinion, Ralgis probably should keep him for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they can uh, obviously uh, reach an agreement with with the player, mm-hmm. but if if the player was willing to sign a free week contract, then probably his goal is 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 to stay. Absolutely. So yeah, Austin Hollins is an experienced Euroleague player. I I, w- I would love to see him uh, with this for the rest of the season. With Sumner, you need some time, some patience. He's still learning, obviously. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, and 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 I agree that uh, ideally they should sign another player.
0: And we'll see what happens. Okay, let's leave Jagres a little bit uh, from from these conversations. Let's go to our trade ideas. Yeah, for the Euroleague because the you know the transfer window is right around the corner, and I can start with my first trade, mm. and it involves two teams. It involves actually one team that we already mentioned on this podcast, Fenerbahce, and another team is Olympiacos Piraeus. And when I mention these two teams, which player comes to your mind first? Is there... Dorsey? Yep. And uh, The guy with the Greek passport. The guy course. with the Greek passport, you know. <laughs> and Olympiacos need a scorer, you know. The Greek, Come on, Olympiacos fans, just be honest for one time. You need a scorer. And I know that Alec Peters was not playing against Valencia, but... How many more games like this, where you just can't put the ball in the basket? You will need to admit that you know a good one-on-one scorer is needed, and Tyler Dorsey knows the environment there. So I would trade. Uh, and from Fenerbahce's point of view, you know you have uh, Scotty Wilbekin and Tyler Dorsey at the same time. You have Marco Gudrich as well, who we mentioned on this podcast probably will have a bigger role under Jesse So. I would trade Tyler Dorsey to Olympia Koss and in return uh, to Fenerbahce, I would probably ask from Nigel Williams Goss. And since you want to ship out Nick Kalatis to somewhere, or if they do, because if they we do, don't know that. Yeah, if they do, then Nigel Williams Goss, tall point guard, uh, you know, who fits probably next to anyone on that roster with his defense. He can knock down shots. He was amazing last year in the playoffs. Mm. He knows how to win because he has seen it with Real Madrid. Yeah. And if you have high hopes for your team, you just need players in the locker room that also have done it. You know, it just makes it easier because he can be an example. He can give you, I don't know, pep talks on on in different in difficult situations. And with Real Madrid, he has seen difficult situations. Just remember last mm. year. So, uh, Fenerbahce also get a probably big big guard for the point guard position. And Yesikavic likes those. He likes players that can play really good defense, that can pressure. So he kinda, you know, fits the image for Fenerbahce. And from a four Olympia cost, you get the scorer. You badly need someone who knows the system, someone who can knock down six three pointers uh, in 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 any given night and just create one-on-one and Right now, in Fenerbahce, he's not ge- getting just enough minutes to do that. So, an Olympia Kos, yeah, there is Isaiah K- Kanan, who is playing amazingly this season, but I still think that they would uh, benefit from someone who can score one-on-one. So, I don't know if that makes sense to you, but mm. uh, those who are listening should write in the comments uh, down below, you know, what do you think about these traits that we are going to talk about? Okay. And... If you have any potential trades, please also let us know in the comment section down below. It's always interesting to hear your opinions and, you know, uh, we could we could discuss that because we read those comments. So.
1: For sure, man. What do you think al- about this I always trait? read all the comments, I usually uh, reply to the to nasty the, ones. To the bad ones? The bad ones, yeah. <laughs> It's more fun that way,
0: of course. Uh, what do you think about this trade, it, Dorsey? D- this Goss. discussion
1: would be so much easier if in Euroleague we had a draft picks, so we could add yeah. draft picks and even out every, every every single trade scenario. But your idea sounds sounds nice, actually. Because one more reason you didn't mention, uh, and I just thought of, uh, mm-hmm. thought of it on, um, right now, because uh, we have to probably alert all the people. We don't know each other's trades. We didn't yeah. re- reveal that before the podcast, so we're just reacting on the spot. Uh, when when Sharas was coaching Zalgiris, uh, Nigel Williams-Goss was pretty high on the list. Like oh. Uh, right when when they were searching for a point guard, every summer he was he was he, 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 was, mentioned, he was one basically. of the top candidates. They they shot us wanted him. That's what I've heard from a lot of people, and I think it was even uh, mm. in, in in the media. So from that point of view, it makes sense. to Olympiacos makes sense because of reasons you've mentioned. Um, it's a good trade. I would give it like an 8 out of 10. <laughs> but you would need some draft picks probably draft going, picks, going yeah. to the Fenerbahce way, right? A couple of second round draft picks. Okay. <laughs> I um Okay. So I'm thinking what do you have? which one should I should I start with? Okay. You said enough about Jalgiris, but I'm, But you want to I'm going to I'm going to carry on talking about Jalgiris right. and Keenan Evans. And I made up a scenario that, to me, makes more sense than than the ones we've discussed. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a trade between Zalgiris and Zvezda. Uh, probably sounds crazy. Shabazz. Uh, yeah. Shabazz Let's is go. definitely involved. Uh, so Shabazz Napier goes to Zalgiris. Mm-hmm. But not only him. Rokas Gedraitis also goes to Zalgiris. Ooh. We know how important for Zalgiris it is to have... Uh, as many Lithuanian players as possible. And let's admit that there are not too many of them uh, that actually meet the EuroLeague standards. And Rokas Getrait is a proven Euroleague player. Um, Rages didn't replace Tignas Brezdeikis with, with someone who can actually play in, in as a shooting guard and as a small forward and and help the team offensively. And now they're dealing with injuries as well. The injury Arnaz Budkiewicz is out, uh, Brady Manik is out, Llanovos is playing 32 minutes. So Rokas is would be a perfect fit for Zalgiris. Uh, mm. Also, we're taking Shabazz. So Zalgiris is obviously taking two pretty, yeah, well, lo- pretty, lo- pretty big contracts
0: in, if, in in this. If there are some Zvezda fans watching, they're probably yeah. saying right now, this guy have to give has to give more than Keenan Evans back to Zvezda. So, because Shabazz was one of the I'm, best point guys. Obviously, Keenan Evans is on the table. Okay. Uh, well,
1: Shabazz is not performing the way people expected him to perform this season. That's true. I know he's having his struggles. That's true. So, I'm giving them Keenan Evans. And now I'm thinking, should I give them like a 200K? Because Algiers probably has some money. Or should I give them another player? But, but what is they, the way- they don't really have anybody else to add. So, I'm giving Keenan mm. Evans in cash. For mm. these two guys. because but What
0: does Zvezda do with that 200k? I don't know, man. It's cash. <laughs> 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 Buy Christmas gifts for your players. I don't know, man. <laughs> and we sign Austin Hollands look, and do a
1: sign-and-trade. <laughs> Austin Hollins could be involved. Sign-and-trade, yeah, if they want him. Uh, um,
0: he was there. He was not, there already.
1: Yeah, though. actually, when you said it, I didn't think of it. But that probably makes even more sense. Because Keenan Evans, look. uh So, Zvezda has... A lot of guards, right? Teodosic is playing good this season. Iago uh, Dos Santos, yeah. since, since Faropoulos arrived, is playing good. Nedovic had some really good performances recently. But mm. Shabazz is underperforming. You still you still have some doubts who is their um, closer, who is the guy who is taking over in the fourth quarter. If you have Kenan Evans, that problem solved. We agree on that. You think that Osic wouldn't take those shots in the end? Well, you know, it's <laughs> I'm kidding. <I'm> Milos, <laughs> Milos, but but Kina Nemons, a prolific scorer, right. as, as I said, he just mm-hmm. dropped 33 points versus Partizan last week. So, and then uh, Rokas Gadratis. I know you wouldn't want to give him away, but uh, probably he was the player that signed with Vesda mainly because of Dushko. Mm-hmm. That was the main reason why he why he, why he signed with Zvezda. And there's no more Dusko. I know he had a good game versus Alburo right now. But since Fairopoulos took over, uh, he's playing a little less minutes. He's he's taking a little less shots. Maybe his his role is lesser than it was with Dusko in these first games. So why not? And Žalgiris would definitely accept a a solid Lithuanian
0: player. Just uh, I remembered last year that uh, I think it was last year when Jalgris needed a player a point guard uh because of injured Keenan Evans yep. when he ruptured his Achilles and there was rumors about Shabazz um Napier coming to Konos and then were rumors some rumors that he denied just mm. not, not even considering it because i think he was playing uh or or not even playing i don't know in, G, in the G League i'm not sure at the moment or Puerto Rico. Or Puerto Rico. Somewhere. somewhere. Yeah. He was he, he didn't play many games before coming to, to Milan. Yeah. And and, that, and, and actually uh, you know inquired about him.
1: Yeah, Coach Kazis actually said in one of his press conferences
0: yeah. last season that uh
1: there were some doubts about his shape, about his health, and they decided uh to to take a less make a less risky move and, and sign Isaiah Taylor who was mm. playing. And he became
0: available. Yeah, or or Shabazz didn't show much, you know, desire to come to Konas because then he signed with Milano a couple yeah. of weeks later and just balled out completely. Yeah, so he proved that that he definitely can play. In, I'm not uh, sure how much he wants, you know, to play, uh, you know, maybe here in Lithuania under this weather. We maybe ha- we he, hadn't se- we ha- hadn't seen. Maybe son. he doesn't. That's the problem with our <laughs> trades. Like when you do trades in NBA, yeah,
1: the player doesn't have a say. If they're sending you to Washington unless they have the no trade clause but no, it's but like only special players have less no than trade 10 players at the yeah. moment in the so NBA right now. So if they're sending you to Washington, pack your bags and go. You go to Washington. <laughs> so now in our probably mm-hmm. hypothetical world that we're creating here, uh players also don't have a say. If they're sending him to Cleveland, you going to Cleveland. You
0: go to cones <laughs> and there hasn't been Sunshine for two weeks in the last two weeks in Lithuania. So, anyway, back to the point. Uh, would Zvezda accept it? Um, you know, Keenan is is a tall point guard as well, so he helps you a lot on, on the defensive side as well. And mm, I think Zvezda would benefit from that uh, highly. You know, Zalgris switch often with him, and, and he's pretty, I would say, above average and holding down those, you know, fronting the yeah. center. So, He's not only a one-sided offensive player as it may seem for those yes. who, you know, watch the stats more, hasn't seen many Tigers games, so he's like a two-way player and it's not exactly. uh it's not an often sight in nowadays basketball because uh offensive players have the workload uh such a high usage rate offensively. Yeah. That you know, it is it has become a normality. To to for for those good for those good offensive players to be a weakness defensively just because they're running and they're doing so much offensively it's not possible at the pace That's the basketball true. is played at the moment. It is just simply not possible to be good on both sides of the court for many of those guys. But Keenan Evans is, is, I would say, a rare example, and his height helps a lot. So in Zvezda, he would have a lot more help. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have to take
1: uh, the load right now in Kona's. Yeah. He would have much more help
0: creating and, and mm. scoring. So so this yeah. this 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 trade uh, this trade would make make some sense, yeah. Yeah from both uh teams' point of view. But I also have a trade involving uh Shabazz Napier and uh I'm sending Shabazz back where he was balling out last season to Milano Olympia and why i'm choosing this is it, it's obvious because he's texting his friends because, because he's texting his <laughs> friends he wants to be in milano and it's an easy trade for me i didn't have to think much about it no i'm kidding um so obviously you know he 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 liked milano he he enjoyed playing there because if you are not in a good mood you don't play like shabazz Napier was playing uh back uh, in the last season and also Milano have something that Zvezda would probably benefit highly of, and despite them signing 17 forwards before the season, we have mentioned multiple times that they haven't really had one that's qualities you know, above average. And uh, uh, I would say that Napier going back to Milano and Zvezda getting, let's say, okay, I, I wanted to say Nicola Meli. Probably since he's Italian, Milano are he's not. He's the captain of the team. He's the captain of the team. But, yeah. you know, there's Mirotic. I know. You are you are, oh, you are. perfect in the power forward spot. I know. And that's why I have them
1: in, in one of my trade scenarios okay, as well. But okay. I'm just thinking Niccolo Meli. No, they're not
0: giving nah, him up. They're not giving him up. The team, they're Italian not giving player. him up. So, yeah. Not giving him up for sure. So that's why, you know, Alex Poitras and Kevin Pangos to Zvezda, I think. You know two for one. Uh, two for one. I really think uh Alex Poitras is absolutely underrated right now at the moment in the Euro because he's not getting that just simply much minutes there in Milano. And uh if he gets a bigger role, he will solve you know some mm. defensive issues for Zvezda. And uh, you know, at the point guard spot you have Iago, you have Milos, you have Pangos who could have some time, you know. Coming back from injuries and just getting into the shape, and and he could be a high risk, high reward player because mm. we don't know how he looks at the moment, and maybe in a new environment with a different coach, he's you know the Kevin Pangos that uh, brought Barcelona to Game Five in the Euro in the Euroleague playoffs. So. Mm. What would you, 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 you
1: say about this? You would still have this issue uh, of uh, Iago, Pango, Theodosic, all three mm. are, are players that other teams want to expose on defense. Mm. Um, but, I mean, okay, Alex Poitras is in, but then you have to sacrifice one of the guys that they have already. Maybe cut one of the bigs they have, like Mike Toby. Mike Toby.
0: Know. I'm. It's like I don't want to sound disrespectful to anybody, but <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, like, of like why would you expect him to overperform when his best uh playing time was with Luka Doncic in Slovenia national team when he was playing at the five, stretching the floor.
1: Yeah.
0: Now you're putting him as power forward basically most of the time, so he's just another stretch forward. You know, stretch forward and stretch center is not the same thing. Like stretch forward center is luxury and for players like Luka it's amazing because you have so much space and then it becomes easier for everybody and Mike Toby played his best basketball when he was with Luka Doncic and mm. in the EuroLeague there is no Luka Doncic so you just can't can't uh, expect him to replicate you know what he has shown in this in those best outings so I just thought uh, Zvezda's uh, ambitions and uh, Let's say what they expected from him were just simply too high.
1: You know, Toby, for the last couple of years, was in in, in some interesting situations. Like uh, Mirotić got injured last year. All of a sudden, there's Barcelona with an offer for Mike Toby. Mm. If if that Mirotić injury uh, didn't happen, we wouldn't have seen Mike Toby playing for Barcelona. And and now he signed with Zvezda. There are so many other players at his position. You have to compete to. F- for your for your spot, for your minutes. In general, I think he's a good player, but I agree with you that Luka Doncic made him look so much better uh, that, yeah, he's getting these <laughs> contracts right now. Uh, but, okay, he, he's not in your trade scenario. I, I just mm-hmm. thought that maybe Zvezda yeah. would have too many people on the roster. If, that, and if, that's true. If, if they get two for one. I expect them yeah. to... And to make make Shabazz someone, in Milan... Yeah, that that should help everyone. Yeah, I, I I this is probably like I accept it, but I gave uh, an eight out of ten for your first rate for this one,
0: maybe six. Okay, I'm not that the, convinced. This is like I'm not a w- that win for Milano, win for Shabazz, right. and you're not that convinced for Zvezaside, side, right? So,
1: so yeah, exactly. So uh, staying in Milan, let's stay in Milan. Mm-hmm. It's it's a nice city to stay in. Uh, I have a trade between Milan and, and Uh because, well, uh, I'm thinking, okay, Dinos Mitoglu is playing amazing, but he's playing 35 minutes per game. Uh, they don't really have a backup for him. They're waiting for Juancho's Juancho and Brennan Gomez to come back, but even when Juancho was playing, he was kind of a disappointment so far. Uh, I'm not. I'm not saying that he 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 will not uh, play better right mm-hmm. now, but it is what it is. And um, Papa Petru has been out for a long time. They're waiting for him. They have to put Grigoni so much at that third position. He's well, they're one of their top three players in minutes, I think. Mm. So I thought about possible trade scenarios of Panet Nikos to get, let's say, luvavuka Baro, but I couldn't come up with anything that makes sense for Asvel Villabon to give up a french player. Mm. So Milan needs guards. It's obvious. Mm. They need guards. Uh so first of all I'm sending Kyle Guy to Milan because Billy Baron has been injured for for, for a while and Messina needs a shooter. He needs somebody who can play off ball and, and 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 you know do those things that Billy Baron usually does. So Kyle Guy I know that he this season in Euroleague we haven't seen much of him on Panathinaikos. There are some games where he just plays two or three minutes. But there's potential, definitely. If you saw him in, in Joventud Ballona, he's a good player. He's a good shooter. So I'm sending him. And also, right now, when Kendrick Nunn started playing really good basketball, and I'm starting to believe he's he can lead that team, and you have Slukas, obviously, as well, I think Luca Vildosa is is like an, a luxury like a luxury player for Panathinaikos to have right now, and they can't afford to give him away. Mm. So I'm giving Luca Vildosa and Kyle Guy. And Kyle Guy. And in exchange, I'm getting Johannes Folkman Ooh. To have a, a big guy who can stretch the floor, who can cover some minutes at the fourth position uh, when Mitocul needs a rest. Also, he can play as a five in, in certain scenarios. Uh, so maybe Boltzorowski wouldn't get his minutes, but then you have Lazore and Fokman and also as an option to play as a five. And when Juancho is back, he can start playing as a small forward more. Mm. And to me, things just balance perfectly mm. for Nikos. And, and and for Milan, you're getting a, a point guard, a good shooter off pick and rolls, Luca Vildosa we can remember what he did with Zvezda last season uh, and the way he played before he left uh, for the NBA uh, when he was in Bosconia. And Kyle Guy, who, who's a, he's a shooter, and, and you're not risking probably taking his contract too much. So I don't know what you think. Do I you like... think that uh, maybe Milan wouldn't want to give away Falkman? But again, as as, as we said, you have Miritic and Meli. Uh-huh. It's not like if if you give one uh, of of your forwards, you're in trouble.
0: Mirotić is now injured, you know, for for okay how long? now so he's he'll in... be injured for like what until February.
1: That's true. I didn't really take that into account. Mm. I, I'm just thinking about Mirotić as as a player who is available for Messina, and Meli as and well being there as as a power forward option.
0: I love what this brings to Pantanenko's. You know, yeah. having Johannes Voitman, having the front court of Matthias lasor Dinos Mitsuglu, Johannes Voigtman, Balcerowski there as well too, and you know Juancho playing free but also four can can fit in the fourth position. I would love to see this 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 front court. You know, because it just such an interesting mix of defense, shooting, uh, rim protection, yeah. and strength inside. There they basically would have with these four players they would basically have covered all the all the boxes you know uh, in potential different offensive solutions but on the defensive side of the court as well so that would make that would i think make Pantanico's fans happy from Milan's point of view uh of course they just they just need guards they yeah. just need guards Luca Vildosa, when he's when he has the green light we know what he can do um probably he would he would have that with this short rotations but to me, this is where, you know, having Nikola Miretic is is also, I don't know, like a blessing in disguise. I I am still not convinced, you know, by by that signing in the summer. I know they went for the best possible player in the market, but you know, we are talking about Nikola Meli, how he was important to that Milano team. Voitman, how he was important to that Milano team. And and they were basically the lineup with Meli and Voigtman in the front court and with Shabazz there was the best in all Euroleague, I think, when they played last season, mm. all together, and they were just simply fantastic. And now with Mirage there, Voigtman is ha- getting less minutes, less minutes. Meli is was averaging three point five points to start the season for the first six six games, but at the same time, you don't want to. If you're a Milano, you don't want to give up the, these guys up. You don't. You don't. Yeah, they're not. I, pl- I agree. They're not playing that much,
1: but at the same time, you don't want. That's to. why we are. Uh, thinking of trades that make sense basketball wise, yeah. but not necessarily the clubs would would be happy to accept those.
0: You know, I would give this trades a really high grade. I don't know, eight, nine, probably. And uh, it's just that uh, European trades are so hard to make when you can't when you don't have draft picks, <laughs> yeah. cash. You, okay, well you can, you can, can send cash. cash considerations, but those draft picks. Is what makes it, you know, interesting. That's and true. That's true. I mean,
1: uh, and, and we're talking in the middle of the season mm-hmm. when there's injuries and everything else. Uh, it 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 would be easier to discuss, let's say, uh, before the season begins, mm-hmm. when we emphasize that oh, this team still needs a point guard or this team still needs a forward, a free and D guy. Uh, they are still in the market searching because usually when the when the season starts some of the teams are still in the market searching for for players to add so right now teams are searching maybe for players that can improve the roster that can help with an injury crisis or something like that and, uh, and we're talking about healthy players who are performing
0: at a good level and we're just swapping teams you know right right i i have so so many thoughts about that milano roster mm. that i include again them in my potential another scenario and maybe this would make more sense to you yeah. and to our listeners i would send kyle hines to FS because they need rim protection and i would just give rodrigue Bobois to milano Greek and Beauvoir. i don't know if that makes sense Man, i was i
1: I love Rodrigo Bobo and FS so much. For I, me, do, so, too. I me, do too. For me, it's so hard to imagine him right now on any other team.
0: I do too. Like Kyle Hines also. Yeah. One of my favorite players. Both, I enjoy watching them for, for very different reasons. But Kyle Hines and that front court rotation, you know. With the way FS needs needs a defensive anchor there under the rim, mm. I think he would fit so well there perfectly. You know, after Brian Dunstan left, they're still looking, looking for that constant defense, defensive anchor in the paint. Mm. And despite his age, Kyle Hines is still one of the best guys there. Um, rim protection, it would probably mean that Will Clyburn could play small forward more too. Uh, it was extremely hard for me to understand what FS would need to give back to Milano mm-hmm. there, yeah. because they have so many... They don't have a lot of players in their backcourt, and Elijah Bryant is injured. Uh, a, a lot of guys are injured there, so I just thought, okay, Milano need a guard. Rodrigo Bois Bobois, uh, both are veteran players, but can contribute right away. Like, mm. Bobois knows how to play with the ball, off the ball, he plays good defense as well so that would fit you know Messina's uh style and i don't know it's just it's just like win win it seems to me for for both teams but it was it would be so hard to imagine <laughs> both of those guys Kyle Hines with FS jersey and Rodrigue Bobois with Milano jersey that would sound that would look weird for yeah. one month That's two true. months or maybe even until the end of the season
1: you know uh those those two that I, that, that I brought on the table, these were uh, the ones that I carefully prepared and mm. there was a lot of thought process, <laughs> whether it makes sense or not. And then, because Donatus gave us a task to prepare free trades. Yep. And I couldn't come up with the third one that would make sense. Mm. So I'm just gonna ask you and maybe you can help me. Okay. I want to improve Monaco. Obviously, I want I want them to to, to improve. Uh, right. So I'm thinking that Mam Jaité is barely playing in the Euroleague, but he he's right. a, he's a strong guy. He's a it's a big a big body, a big center. Uh, he had an okay season, I would say, in Virtus Bologna. Uh, but for Monaco, it seems like okay they signed him because he's French. Uh, maybe he's playing more in the French league. I don't follow them in the French league that much, but mm. you have Demo. You have uh, Dante Hall. You can put Peter Corneli as as a five, which Sasha brother, which sometimes does. So I don't see how Mom Jaité is, is is that mm. important to them. So who do you think I could get for him in the market? Let's say mm. which which team do you think could benefit from from a strong center like Jaité right now.
0: Virtus, Virtus Bologna. Virtus <laughs> Bologna. Ironic because it may sound, but <laughs> I don't know. It's just you—you you caught me on a spot, and it was bringing like him the back first to, to Virtus, right? Uh, bring him back to Virtus. Why? Why not? Um, but then,
1: what do I get from Virtus Bologna? Because definitely Monaco don't need yeah. guards. You need shooting. You need sh- people who can shoot, right?
0: No. Uh, from Virtus. what can they offer? Dobrich? But it's another
1: I mean you have uh, Diallo, you have uh Jor- Jordan Jordan
0: Mickey's there who's shooting lights out, I think, this but season from from the three. They, free. they but... wouldn't
1: swap Jordan Mickey for Mom JT. Mm. I would I would need to add someone.
0: Probably. Oh, after the Jalgers game, he made only six threes after Jordan and Mickey. He's like nine right. from, nine from twenty one. Yeah, he just
1: started for the season. Started the season with good shooting numbers. So uh, it's, it's just an idea, man. Maybe it's, 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 you see how difficult it is to come up with yeah. something. Because I was thinking about it. Okay, I'm trading Mamjaita, and what do I get? But it, who- it, it,
0: it's true. Like with to Hall, Demo, even last season, mm-hmm. it was it was more than enough. In yeah, for sure. Now we have Peter let, Cornelie.
1: Let's admit that in some cases you can small ball with John Brown as, as your five. And with
0: now Peter Cornelie, you ha- you yeah. would have shooting at the five. At the uh, yeah at the five so mm, I'm trying to think which other team would, would would do this trade
1: just have that in mind okay <laughs>
0: and we can carry on with maybe the, with, maybe with the maybe stuff. someone in the comment section could yeah. help us
1: help but, us trade
0: uh, mom Jack the- <laughs> we want to improve Monaco because you know <laughs>
1: yeah Monaco's you know. I wanted to win the yearly, so I have <laughs> to improve the roster <laughs>
0: Um, I have two more. These are these were more like trades because of my sympathy for some of the guys, uh, and um, <laughs> probably Villarban as well would not agree with this trade because I would send Nando De Colo to Partizan Belgrade. <laughs> okay, give Nando another shot at a title. All Hashtag, right. I'm naming, I'm hashtagging this trade. Give Nando another shot at the title. It's, you know, I don't know what Aswell would accept. Probably they wouldn't accept any of these. They would accept three first-round draft picks from Belgrade Partizan. <laughs> Ogni and Yaramas, Danilo and Usage, and, I don't know, some cash and some second-round picks yeah. to, to make this happen. But... But just i want to see nano decolo trying to win another title going for his third one uh, he could come off the bench have a way more limited role for partisan be the immediate immediate impact you know uh, when the when uh, for the for the second unit and has the championship pedigree if Partizan is playing how partisan is playing right now at the moment they are definitely going to be a contender for the final 4 so having Nano Dacolo with his knowledge, with 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 his presence, with his veteran tricks, how to draw fouls, how to make easy shots from the free for, free throw line, you know that would make partisans already but you insane offense. You didn't answer yet the most
1: important part. What? What do these guys in Velebong get? <laughs> do they get something?
0: Yaramaz and Dušić, and. Uh, Nah. Nah, <laughs> nah. Nah, man. Come Ponitka?
1: on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Ponitka. Uh, I would love to see you uh, making this offer uh, to, to Gianmarco Poceco. Like, you, <laughs> you can approach Gianmarco <laughs> Poceco and say, look, give away Nando De for a couple of role
0: players from Serbia. They gave Nico Banion from Bosconia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they didn't give up
1: Nando De Colo for that.
0: No, I mean... Uh,
1: Okay, it's nice that you have this idea about the holo. Uh, yeah, it, winning, it, winning I, the as I said,
0: this is not a real serious yeah, trade it's, offer. It's, it's nice just, that you're
1: thinking and yeah. caring about him so much.
0: That's why I started, you know, from symphony.
1: Uh, I honestly think, and uh, maybe it's just, uh, maybe it might be a, a wrong thought and a wrong uh-huh. thing to say. But in my opinion, since Nando de Colo obviously wants to play in Paris Olympics and wants to win a medal with, with mm. France, it's actually better for him not to have a deep EuroLeague run with, with all the quarterfinal series, mm. Final Four, and, and and everything else. And then if you play for Partizan, it's also Abba League versus Vezda, the crazy eternal derby. It's probably better for him to be in Asphalt to sometimes maybe um, skip one of the double game week uh, matches that they play, to sometimes have more rest. <laughs> They'll start doing that in, on because, January, in January. let's be real, his... Priority right now is, is Paris 2024.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Okay, so you rejected this trade as I, I an did. unofficial Asville general manager? So, uh, I
1: rejected it from two of uh, two of the three sides that we're talking about. Partizan, I accept, but the uh, Colo declines and and Asville declines as well. Okay. Come up with something I, better. I don't have a counter rocker <laughs> at the moment. It's
0: <laughs> okay, man. Uh, but another player that I would like to see, you know, switch teams, and this would probably mean uh, just buy a buyout, not not even a trade, is Jalen Smith. Yeah, who is struggling to find rotation minutes in Virtus Bologna, but we all know he's he's a great player, and for sure there are a lot of teams in the EuroLeague who could benefit from a a guy who could score, uh, and he's also a good defender. So. Milano, Jalgris Konas. I would love to see him in Konas. I would love to see him in Konas as well too. So, hashtag free Jalene Smith. And, uh, guy can hoop. Many teams, like, I would repeat, I will repeat myself, many teams would be happy to see him in the uniform. And, uh, it's another reason why this transfer window, I think, needs to start earlier. Because, you know, it was obvious, he's not really finding his minutes in Bologna very early in the season. And, he, if you know, he doesn't play, but he he still has to wait until January 15, I think, to, to, to start playing for another team in the Euroleague, and he's definitely a Euroleague material. So,
1: mm. yeah, I
0: agree completely. Jalen Smith, okay, uh, Jalgris, Milano. Do you have any other teams in mind uh, who would benefit from him? Well, Alba Berlin would his former <laughs> team, definitely. <laughs> Definitely they would. It's like Mam Jaite.
1: <laughs> you know. But uh, I actually thought about him in, in Conus and hmm. that could be a great fit. I also think that.
0: And I think Zalgers were interested in him. Or not interested, <laughs> but just like Nigel was I Williams think it Goss. was that
1: summer when they signed Moody. Smith was one of the candidates, maybe?
0: Could be. Could be. I'm not sure if
1: if, if I remember correctly, but Yeah.
0: so I think we are done with our trade ideas Uh, as I said let us know in the comment section down below uh, which one makes the most sense or if you have any other your ideas and we should probably talk about Fenner Monaco game uh, first Uh, just just some short short thoughts and probably the highlight of the game was Mike James getting that technical I'd say it was a low light yeah, it's probably more the more <laughs> a, correct a term.
1: <laughs> Look, Ben. I mean, that technical uh, is such su- such a
0: dumb call. I mean, I felt I felt like watch. I'm watching the NBA, and somebody got a technical for hanging on the rim, which was not even hanging on the rim, mm. but he uh, pulled himself to save himself from falling down, and uh, yeah. that was a technical.
1: Or maybe the good old Tim Duncan getting a T for laughing on the bench, right? No, I mean, there are no rules that not allow a player to celebrate his shot. Mm. The only cases where you get a technical for celebrating is if you do it in your opponent's face. If you do it, let's say, pointing to the other team's bench. Like Mikael Bridges got a technical in World Cup because he was doing his usual three-point celebration, but he was doing it straight to Datome's face. On on team team Italy bench, so this much, yeah. So okay, that's a technical. I agree. Mike James just made a big shot, a difficult shot, and and he ran to the other side of the court, celebrating with three fingers. And he was not showing that to to any of his opponents. He was not disrespecting anybody. It's just a normal thing to do, normal reaction, and then technical out of nowhere. I I just couldn't digest that one and I, I would love to hear the explanations from the refs. What did they see and why why they they gave the technical.
0: Maybe they misinterpreted the sign. I have no idea, but please, league. if you're watching, don't make this a league where you call these soft ass technical files for the players for, for celebrating. Yeah. I hate when in the NBA they make a poster dunk of the season. And simply because for having a mean muck face to your opponent, you're getting a technical. I just hate that. And the player
1: should be able to, let's say, uh, join the conversation with the crowd. Like we're talking about Isaiah Cannon's shush in Barcelona up until this day as as a great thing that happened. And Mm. we loved it. So if the player wants to, let's say... um, show that he's made a free pointer playing away from home to the crowd showing like look guys you see we're not giving up on this game <laughs> I'm in it's great mm. there's no harm in it so uh, I I hope it never happens again I mean that was the dumbest call of, of the year so far
0: <laughs> uh, what did you thought about just Fenner boxing winning that game yeah Shares, uh, Shares was there for Twenty-four hours, basically, yeah. and he basically himself mentioned that it was still, you know, <laughs> I didn't do anything. It was these guys that yeah. won the game, and we all know how Fenerbahce were playing yeah. good at home. So, what did you did you see I mean, anything from that game? I
1: will deserve a well-deserved win, first of all. They were the better team on the night. Actually, if they made some of the uh, shots uh, that that they created, some of the open looks. Uh, it could have been an easier win uh, because they only had a one-point advantage after the, after the first half because of Mike James' uh, some difficult shots that he made in the last minutes of the second quarter. But Fenerbahce just couldn't make their own shots. So they easily could have been uh, up by 10 or 12 uh, going to the locker room. Uh, but in the end, a well-deserved win. Uh, one thing that that definitely stood out is the 17 offensive rebounds. And I think Sharas in the postgame game interview uh, said something like, uh, we're a tall team and I expect uh, this to become our, one of our strengths. Uh, so there's probably going to be an emphasis on, on the offensive rebound because in this game, they had uh, height advantage in, in two or three positions uh, almost all the time on, on the court. And they managed to use that, like Nick Kaladius, as your point guard, he grabbed four or five offensive rebounds. Uh, all the other guys were, were were helping as well. After the game, Sasha Bradovic was angry because his players couldn't box out properly. So the 17 offensive rebounds shows that these guys were um, they were locked in. Uh, they were fighting for every every ball and. Other than that, we, we saw what we expect from Fenerbahce this season, like mm. Nigel Hayes-Davis being one of the key key players. Um, Daishon Pierre got in a foul trouble. It didn't help him. But uh, one thing that I liked is is, is when Monaco uh, put Kemba Walker in the lineup, Sharas was playing with Yamadar. So immediately uh, they were uh, in involving Kemba Walker to every pick and roll and Yamadar uh, had some... Good moments offensively when Kemba wasn't wasn't the court. So we know that Charas always emphasizes all the mismatches, uh, all the strengths and weaknesses of of, of the opposing team. Uh, I know that in twenty four hours he didn't create a new
0: system. It would be ridiculous to think that he did. But but, but you could say that you know involve. people yeah. walking in every possession. Yeah. Some that's, some that's, like let's say prin- pr- that Principles that you can do. like
1: before the game in your in your pregame speech, like you emphasize uh, what Monaco has and where where should we attack, and generally we're really aggressive. Like the new coach when when there's a new coach. It, it, First of all, it's not about the system, about the playbook, about the rotations that will change uh, in time. But first of all, it's about the, let's say, fighting spirit and players wanting to prove to the new coach their value to the team. And I could feel that. I mean, in general, it was a good basketball game for Fenerbahce mm. and with better, better shooting percentages, they could have won it uh, by a bigger margin. Um, Scotty Wilbekin
0: was like one from seven and, and most of his shots were open looks. Mm. And just for the record, uh, Fenerbahce were averaging just 10.2 offensive rebounds. You mentioned they had 17 and we talked about how Jacekiewicz mm. will try to emphasize that because he said like we have a tall team and that's true. You have Goodrich, you have Daishan Pierre, Nigel Hayes-Davis. You, you have, have
1: size at almost size every position. Size at every
0: position, so... Mm. I'm interested to see how this average will grow. And uh, I'm excited to see what Jacekiewicz brings yeah. to this team. And I mean,
1: the only thing I, I, I can, cannot right now uh, predict his rotation of, of centers. Like in this game, Sertar Shanley had some problems defensively, especially on the first possessions versus Motiunas in the post. Motley, again... He's always getting into foul trouble. So there's a lot of work for Charos with, with, with the mm. centers. Actually, all the other guys, um, they're experienced, they know how to play. I don't, I don't think you need to change that much. But the center position, I have some question marks. Mm. Uh, Papayan is, uh, is injured, he didn't play. But Motley and Sean Lee, there's a lot of work work to do. Like, I hope he helps as a coach for Motley to become a better player and maybe... To, make a step forward. Hmm. But Shanley, he had him in Barcelona.
0: He knows what he can he do. He knows what he can do and he knows his limitations, let's say. Uh, speaking about offensive excellence, we cannot not mention Partizan's performance in Konas. Um, 58 points in the first half, if I'm not mistaken, The most Jalgaris have allowed uh, this season in the first half uh, Real Madrid had scored 53, but it was uh, an away game from for Galeries. Partizan scored 58 points in an away game this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, from my perspective, this was probably the the most beautiful 20 minutes of offense I've seen this season. And as I mentioned, I don't know five weeks ago, probably when Bruno Caboclo signed, Partizan season started just then and with him on the ros- on, on the court. They look like a completely different team with Kevin Punter is back playing his best. Although that some of those some of the shots he got against Konas, Žalgiris Konas were the easiest shots of the season for Kevin Punter because Žalgiris <laughs> were simply hedging not only Kevin, but PG Dozier and James Nunnally in the pick and roll. And you know, they were kind of doing that automatically. And partisan simply attacked short roll pass four v three situation immediately, pass pass extra pass Kevin Punter James Nunnally making three pointers Kevin Punter, uh, 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 Kevin Punter able to dribble the ball after catching it and even releasing it before a player comes to contest his shot. So that's not usual, Uh, you know. And but 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 yeah, that's how your offense works because P.J. Dozier is playing amazingly the last five or six games uh, on both sides of the court but his i would say his confidence in offense mm. especially is showing uh they were aggressive on the offensive glass as well and it was really partisans offense impressed me even though at the same time some Samjalgiris uh, defensive choices were could also be questioned so yeah what did you see from that game what just one thing that impressed you the most or one player or I, I agree with you. I mean,
1: it was just beautiful offense. Uh, the ball movement, when you have two extra passes for the perfect shot, you sacrifice a good shot, then you sacrifice a great shot for the perfect mm. shot. I mean, it's, it's just amazing to see and the way these guys click together. Uh, some could say they don't have a typical point guard. But it's just a cliche. You don't. Jelko is just proving you don't need that. There's players who create. There's players who can shoot. There's players who set screens. The bigs, mm. the forwards, the guards. And there's no, there's no such thing as a classical point guard. It's it's outdated. Forget about it. Uh, Pj, <laughs> PJ having... Dozier is 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 becoming a star in Euro Euro recently, and they sign him as a replacement for Dante Exum. And the, the way he's playing right now, I mean, he's a guy that I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, getting a triple double on some night if he's playing 32 to 35 minutes. Although that week, Cody Miller McIntyre was really close to a triple double. Shout out to him. But uh, some other things, of course, from Ralke's side, like you have Edmund Sumner, uh, who is a Euroleague rookie, doesn't have Euroleague experience. He, he's not familiar with James Nunnally, probably, who's a <laughs> 50, 60, 90. Uh, club uh, member and like he's going from the weak side to help uh leaving Naneli completely open in the corner and then on the closeout he man- he fouls him mm-hmm. and that's a free and one play. And Partizan actually scored nine points from two possessions because there was this free and one play and there was a I f- Pun I think Ponder's three pointer with also foul. Schmidt fouling uh Vukcevic under, someone, the basket. Someone under the basket. And and he made mm-hmm. two free throws. Uh, so twice, uh, Edmund Sumner committed to weak side help from James Nunnally, and and from from these two uh, situations, Nunnally scored seven points. Mm. You don't do that, it's James Nunnally, man.
0: He's <laughs> probably the best spotter shooter. <laughs> but at in, the same time, right if now. you hedge on Kevin Punter up top, there has to be help inside. It's true, but I, I mean, then the coaches
1: have to adjust the game plan if you right. see that it's not working they started switching. switch they were punished too much they were mm-hmm. punished uh, of course in the second half things changed but the game was already away from Ralgiris and and they made a couple of runs that nice run in the third quarter but Partizan managed to respond and another thing is their starting lineup when you start with Kaboklo, Lede and Smilagic
0: yep exactly they at the free so, they started uh, with this lineup also against milano yeah. and it make per- makes perfect sense because you have such big lineups by both jalgiris with yeah. lano at the free trying to post up a lot
1: so, he couldn't post y- up
0: you just you just immediately negate his advantage
1: exactly whether it's Smilagic or, or Lede, it doesn't matter who, who who's yeah. who's the free and who's the
0: four or defensively Lede can you know Lide can defend lano in the post for, for sure, sure for but sure. he's also quick uh, to defend him on the perimeter, and uh, you know against him on the offense, he can post him up. Because who is yeah. who is Lana was going to guard? Actually, Smilagic posted up Berutis.
1: <laughs> Smilagic in that lineup is like a three or a four, and Berutis is the tallest guy in, in Zalgiris. and Smilagic just I would I would say scored
0: in the post in that lineup. We are going to wrap it up, but, but I mean, it depends on the matchup. My luggage is like, for me, it's five Caboclo, four Ladi, three. But it just depends but on the matchup. It, it, it really it doesn't guarding. matter. It, d- yeah. it really doesn't matter, right? Like we said, yeah. Partizan are playing without a point guard, a real point guard. Uh, yeah, Alexa, position like basketball. There, Pos- you're just playing have, to your players' strengths. But they have the number one offense last year yeah. and number two offense this season, and whether uh, whatever defense drivers were playing, hedge or switch. Mm. They were just killing it. so
1: the only thing for me is like Kaboklo, if he can improve on two things, uh, his concentration, mm. sometimes he loses his concentration like he doesn't box out. Uh, Daniel Slavrinovich has managed to, to snatch an offensive rebound uh, in a very simple situation where Kaboklo just didn't box out. And the second thing is is uh, staying out of foul trouble. Mm. So if he can in time improve these things, and I'm sure working with Jelko he will, well, he's gonna be one of the top centers in the, in this league. And Partizan, they're a scary team, and they're still without some 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 players. Some players. Uh, Avramovic is out. Uh, mm. Uroš Trifunović is out. Who else? Um, they they had three players injured. I think. Who else? Who else? Kaminsky. Kamins, Frank. Frank Kaminsky also. Frank Kaminsky. Let's admit a,
0: an yeah. important player. Don't, let's not forget about him. Uh, one of the last two topics, you know, Olympia kos and EuroLeague uh, had a racial incident where one fan had some comments about the referee and, uh, well, EuroLeague and Olympia kos banned him basically, which I'm really happy for, that they were able to identify the person who mm. did that uh very quickly actually i think olympia kos banned him uh f- couple of hours after the game which to me it's it's like a pretty f- hard thing to do like either the referee pointed him out to the um, to the guys that are writing this, this the stats at the table but anyway uh you know euroleague banned this guy for life olympia kos uh also said that they're not going to allow him to any of those games forever for life, so yeah. I'm, I'm I'm really happy about this. What I'm not happy about is that still racism is a big issue uh, in the European basketball scene, and you know I think and a lot of players probably will admit that this is happening almost more or less on every yeah. night, and yeah. we would kind of need these uh, measurements after yeah. every game. Is just that I don't know or or you know players are not trying to do anything about it because the teams itself can't just see what 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 people are shouting so you know sometimes maybe
1: it doesn't even get to to players but if you've been in the stands in some of these arenas you can hear some of the fans uh, Mm. talking racist bullshit all the time and uh, it's a shame, you know. It, it's bad on the image for the club, for the league, for everybody. Uh, and one thing that is disgusting to me is that there is a a random dude uh, watching a basketball game, and he's trying to insult successful people who worked hard to be in these positions, whether it's a referee or a basketball player. They achieved a lot in their life, and he's sitting there He's thinking he's better than them because he's white. Like <laughs> motherfucker, get some help! <laughs> Honestly, to anyone who 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 who's who's thinking like that, Olympiacos fan, I, I wouldn't even want to call him a fan. He's definitely not a fan of the game. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's just disgusting. Mm. It's great that Euroleague reacted and Olympiacos reacted, and in the future, I hope that. Let's say when there's something like this, people will help to identify the person that needs to be punished. Like maybe even other people watching the game, other fans mm. could call the security and say, "Look, this guy. We just heard him say this, this, and that, and it's not going to be
0: tolerated." That's the community which is. That's the way it should be.
1: That's the way it should be, and it doesn't even matter where it is. Whether it's in Kona, it's in Belgrade, in no. Athens, Milan, <clears throat> or any other city or country.
0: I just remember to probably close this topic off. I just remember uh, one poster that a, a black kid was holding during the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah, there was like this—I don't know—little kid, six or seven years old, and he was he was holding a sign which was said, uh, "When do I go? When do I go from cute to to monkey or or whatever? Like, at what age? Because usually, you know, you know, kids are cute for everybody." But when you grow up, uh, and if you're black, you might, you sometimes, you know, get called with all these words that you're not supposed to be get called. And to me, this was like, this was such a way, you, you, you don't, uh, let's say, you are not born a racist, but you are, you know, told to be a racist at some point of the age. And to me, that poster was like, okay, this is this is like what should be shown to a lot of people that, you know, are tolerating this, this bullshit. And when do from when when really this 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 kid go from cute to be to be called this i'm I'm, i was was like okay this is really a nice uh way that a lot of people should see this this poster
1: i don't know what else to say man i mean some people (laughs) just need to get educated right
0: um okay guys i think that was it Podcast is done without Anatas. Somehow we somehow managed we managed to do it. Don't forget to like this video. Comment uh, about our trade offers uh, in the comment section down below, and we'll see you next time. Bye. See you guys.